0: Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 57, Building Your Village on Campus with Daphne Valsen. Enjoy this time to operate in excellence
1: as much as you can, right, especially with your academics and even in your organizations, but to enjoy this time to find ways to have a great time to really have a time in college where you can go back and talk about it and say i'm so happy for the relationships i formed with my friends for the things that i got involved in for what i learned about myself with the
0: projects that i participated in hello everyone it's your host yoli tamu freshman orientation is fast approaching and balancing your life with school is going to be very important in today's episode, certified career and business coach Daphne Valsin encourages you to explore the many benefits of connecting with your professors and utilizing your resources to build a village on campus that will remind you of the emotional safety of home. Enjoy. As August draws near, the anticipation of freshman orientation grows stronger for both students and parents. It is time to prepare your mind, body, and soul for the new adventure that awaits you on campus. Today, we have certified career and business coach, Daphne Valson with us to help make this transition a smooth and productive one. Welcome to the podcast, Ms. Daphne. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm so good on this fine morning. So good to have you with us.
1: Good to be here. Yes,
0: yes, yes. All right, so I'm just going to jump right in. You know, we're heading into August, and the summer heat, July, is got me on fire. How is it feeling for you over there? Are you catching some heat?
1: Oh, yes, we are. We are catching some heat. I'm in Miami. We're actually moving to Atlanta, the Atlanta area, this Friday. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but
0: it's hot down here.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. we are. Here. It is hot. It is hot.
0: Oh, good for you. Good for you. Now, recently you became an inaugural fellow for the National College Board. That's pretty cool. Can you tell us about this fellowship and what inspired you to coach and even empower college students through your speaking and your workshop opportunities?
1: Sure. So, I have a nonprofit called Project Inspire that I've had for a while. And that nonprofit worked with at risk youth and students who are from Title I schools and provided them with leadership development, etiquette, just like regular restaurant etiquette, which a lot of students don't realize they need until it's kind of too late. And then also college prep before they go to college. And then when they go to college, once they're in college, they get support on financial readiness, on academic preparation, on career preparation, in recent years, even mental health as well. So we have people just talking to them about how to balance certain things that they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I became an inaugural fellow as part of a cohort of other individuals who are also doing really great work with lower income students. Mm -hmm. And it was phenomenal. They gave me a stipend and the stipend was supposed to be used for whatever you want Could be used for yourself. You go on vacation, do whatever you want. But I actually gave $4,000 of the stipend to the nonprofit, to my nonprofit. And then I used the extra $1,000 to commute back and forth to D.C. from Florida for different activities for my nonprofit. So that's what I decided to do. But part of my work that I do with students, especially with the speaking and the workshops that I do now through Daphne Boston Coaching, through my business, that work is centered on making sure that students are resilient, that they understand what it is that they need specifically and practically to do well in school, because a lot of students are they have things on their mind, anxiety, things that are happening back home, fear of failing, sometimes they're already failing in the beginning of the semester and don't know what to do to pivot. So mm. all of those things come up and so through my work I'm hoping that I'm able to help them to move in a different direction that they can look back at and feel really proud of and honored to have done or to have implemented.
0: That is so cool that you you have that one-on-one experience through your nonprofit. So with the National College Board, you'll be able to, I guess, implement some of those skills, bring some of that to the group, to the committee?
1: Yeah. So, with the fellowship, it really was the stipend. And then they took us or flew us out to Las Vegas Mm. for a college board conference. Mm -hmm. That might have been my first time in Las Vegas. Yeah. And then they had us meet the other people who were in the cohort and just network with those other folks who are also doing really great work in the community. But after that, There was no like formal program associated with the College Board. So it was more almost like an award and a recognition with also the opportunity to network with other change makers, basically Mm -hmm. around the country.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just refreshing to hear that the College Board is actually working with, you know, people that are touching the students, you know, not people just making decisions. So that's kind of rewarding to hear. I love that. Well, congratulations on that. Wishing you all the best. (laughs) All right. Now developing a productive relationship with professors, that seems to be a topic for students when they get there. That's a major concern for students. So can you offer like some ways students can successfully benefit from that relationship? Because that's going to be like one of the most important relationships when they get there.
1: Sure. So I think a few things. So, and I know if some students have heard some of this before, I think it it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to hear it again, but office hours, that's my number one. So professors, I went to the university of Florida, large university, wonderful university in Florida. And during the office hours that professors had, even if there was a thousand people in the class, office hours would be empty because Nobody wants to go to the professor and ask them questions, even if you have them, right? right. But when you get to college, it is a phenomenal opportunity to be bold and courageous mm-hmm. for your life and your journey. Because when you graduate, you you want to take a you want to take everything that you can out of your university experience. And I mean professionally, academically, because I think sometimes students be thinking like fun wise, right? Yes, 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 I'm fun. But academically, you're paying your tuition, you're investing your time into your college. So when you go to those office hours, here's what you're going to do. You're going to think of questions that you have for the professor that are associated with the academics, right? So we got academics on board. But then I also want you to think about your career development. So even if your professor, let's say it's a biology teacher and you have no kind of interest in doing anything that's associated with biology, go ahead and ask that professor about their own professional journey and Mm -hmm. ask them for advice that they might have for you. Their sister might be doing the same exact thing that you want to do or their best friend. And one of the things that I learned about professors after I graduated was, one, they can influence whether or not you get into your graduate programs, your master's degree programs. Two, they might be able to help you get a job. And so if you feel like you don't want to talk to somebody because you don't know them like that, you're scared, whatever the whatever it is that might be preventing you from going in. If you're someone like me who likes to plan in advance, write out bullet points as to what you might want to talk to this professor about, especially if you connect to them from a foreign class, ask questions, ask them for advice on how to make sure you're getting an A in the class, and then also ask them some for some professional advice. If you enjoyed your conversation with your professor. Start going back to their office every two months, every month to develop a regular cadence of you visiting them, even after you finish the class. That way you've developed a mentor. You've gone from professor to mentor. And with students that i worked with, one of the things that I challenged them to do was develop three of those. Three people who are your advocates, who are part of your village, who are mentors. Their first semester in school, if you haven't done it already, do it next semester. But three big relationships. So questions and career QC. Mm-hmm. Those two things I think are very important. So academic questions and then career questions are both important for you to do with professors to successfully benefit from that relationship.
0: Yeah, this is so good because I'm just thinking that as a freshman, you don't always think about your career right away, but you're right, your freshman year, you need to start thinking about it right away. And I've interviewed a couple of people before that were saying the same thing, like, you know, internships need to be top of mind. So this is good that you're saying that. So would you say that these professors that they go after should be closely related to their major or maybe just professors that, you know, they just seem to have a a chemistry with, you know, how do they choose which one's going to be the greatest advocate or mentor?
1: I would have a mix of both. So mm-hmm. professors that are, because I think some people develop a lot of, being very active and committed to things in college that are outside of their major. For example, if you love dance, like I, used to, you know, love dance going into college. I was involved in a lot of dance things, but it took for one mentor to say, well, are you involved in your professional association? And I was not <laughs> mm. for what I wanted to do. I was a public relations major. It took for them to say that for me to be like, oh yeah, I need to also think about getting a job huh? when I graduate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would definitely have people who you have a chemistry with, but then also people who are associated with your major. Here's why with people you have a chemistry with. One, being successful in college is not just about the academic stuff. It's about your support, your circle of support and your emotional health, your mental health, right? Mm -hmm. The other reason that I can think of is sometimes like you think, you know, this person and what connections they have to different things. And you'd be surprised at who people know as they go through life. So if you want to be an engineer and this teacher is an actor, right? They're a theater teacher. Mm -hmm. They may have a number of different connections within engineering because maybe when they were in college, their best friends were in engineering. So they have individuals who could maybe immediately provide you with a conversation that might lead to an internship or a job. So develop chemistry with folks and then connect to those folks you develop chemistry with, cultivate that. And then also um, with people who are directly related to your major who are in whatever profession that you want to be in. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Did you find when you were in college that some of your professors became parent-like? You know, I know with HBCUs, a lot of the professors take us in like they're children. You know what I mean? So did you feel that? like Professors like grabbed onto you. You didn't have to grab onto them. (laughs) They kept an eye out. Yeah, I don't
1: think I felt that from the professors, but I felt that from the staff Mm. members. So Mm -hmm. the director of admissions. So basically I was a, you know, I'm a student who, um, I was a student of, color right my parents are Haitian they came from Haiti I'm first generation American but then I'm also black right so black Haitian American some would call me African American so then I was involved in a program called the Pats program where all the kids all the black children students had to come to school two weeks before school started mm-hmm. and we had a whole bunch of black staff who worked with us and who said look to your right look to your left these people, you need to make sure that they graduate. You need to make sure that you look out for each other. You need to say hello. You need to interact with each other. Guys, you need to dap each other up. You need to sit in front of the class. So they said all of that. And that relationship moved forward. So people who are in the Black Student Union, those staff members, people on in the Institute of Black Culture, those staff members were like uncles. <laughs> they talked to me about my life, about my future, about what I needed to focus on professionally. I'm in a sorority. I'm a Delta member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated. So one of my mentors was like, "You're gonna be Greek," and I was like, "I don't really know what that is." He was like, "You're gonna be Greek. Let me tell you what you need to do." And I was like, uh, "Okay, I don't know what you're talking about?" But um, so yeah, because I'm Haitian, so my parents didn't. We didn't know anything about you know Greek life, but they guided me in in a lot of different ways. And made sure that I understood how to navigate, even networking. I'm a I'm big on networking to this day. Mm-hmm. But one of my biggest mentors said, I'm gonna leaf through this staff directory and I'm gonna I'm gonna go send you somewhere to meet somebody. And he would just leave through and say, Okay, you need to meet Dr. Earl over in engineering. And I was, I was like, What am I gonna tell him? He said, well, people like talking about themselves. You're gonna say this, you're gonna ask this, you're gonna ask that. So every few weeks I had to go meet somebody. So mm-hmm. now part of what I do is career coaching. So when I'm teaching others information, interviews, networking, all that kind of stuff, those tools were developed many, many years ago in undergrad through mentors who were like family, but who weren't really the professors, at least. And when I was at the university, it was mostly advisors, my sorority advisor, IBC, BSU, and some other folks who were the career
0: center. Those different leaders and staff members became advisors to me over time. Mm. See, that's just, that's just refreshing to hear because I know it helped me when I went all the way to DC, you know, to Howard from California. I was like, oh my God, you know, and just to have them embrace me like that, it just really put me at ease. So I'm glad that our listeners are, are, are getting what you're saying because that helps provide some of the peace and some of the emotional stability, just knowing that they're not necessarily trying to get in your business, but they're trying to Set you up properly. So so good to hear that it's encouraging. Now, some of these students are gonna find themselves juggling these relationships and responsibilities at home, okay, with with the new responsibilities at school. So, how can they continue to maintain a sense of peace and balance? Because we are t- talking about jobs. You know, some of them may have jobs going in. So what do you think about that?
1: So college students are balancing a lot as they pursue their college education. I often tell high school students that college is not just about the academics. It's about balancing the academics with everything else. Yeah. And that everything else might be relationships with parents at home that may be broken relationships. Mm. And so whenever a student talks to their parent, they feel you know anxious or depressed. Or maybe it's a student whose parents are going through a divorce. Or maybe it's balancing errands, running errands with everything else. Or as you mentioned, it might be jobs or maybe it's overwhelming for the, the level of homework that the student has with them trying to balance that with everything else that they have. Or even friendships, there's friendship situations, friendship drama um, that happens in college too. So here are some things that I would recommend students consider to maintain a sense of peace and balance. One, utilize the resources around you. So the village of peoples, for me, that looked like the director of admissions, all these different advisors in these different areas, I, they became my advisors or my mentors, going to them and asking them for advice. Therapy. There's free therapy on campus. A lot of us were afraid of that because we're like, oh my gosh, I don't have any problems. Right. A student <laughs> told me that last week. He was like, I just have a productivity and organization problem. On. I don't need therapy. Yes, yes. So you don't have to talk about, you don't even got to talk about what's traumatizing to you in therapy if you choose, you know, not to, if you're not there at this time. But if you want to talk about why am I procrastinating or why I don't know why I'm getting a DNS class and I'm trying to figure out how to manage this, or every time I talk to who whoever it is, friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, I feel like this, I feel lost or I feel a sense of loneliness, whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm. those
1: are all things that you could talk to that person about. I would also say use the resources you have before you go to college. Some people disconnect from friends who are positive or aunts or cousins who are very positive influences in their lives. So you can even create a list of who your resources are. Who is your village? Create that list. So if you ever forget in the midst of whatever challenge you're going through, you can go to the list and just scroll down and see who you want to talk to. Put it in your favorites in your phone. Mm-hmm. Who are those people who you can go to? whenever you need help, even if those are some, there's some people from the university, staff members in that favorites list. Boundaries. Here's what I mean by boundaries. You realize as you get older, prayerfully that you have more of a choice than you think you have. You don't have to have the friends that you don't, that you have. You don't have to talk to somebody every week. You don't have to engage in drama. You don't have to, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. So figuring out when I feel this way, if I'm dating someone, and I'm feeling this specific way, then I know at that point it's time for me to close out this relationship. When I'm having my friend conversations, and one of my students went from a 3.7 GPA to like a 1.9, who I was mentoring. And she said, it's because my friends kept asking me to run errands with them. And so I would go run errands with them. I'm like, that's it, that's what happened. So the boundary is, if I see that going out with my friends, even if it's to run errands, is decreasing my GPA, then I need to have a conversation with my friend. If I'm afraid to have a conversation with my friend, then I need to work on how to have these kinds of conversations with people who care about me to make sure that they know how to be a good friend to me. So all of those things, I think, are some examples of how to maintain a sense of peace and balance, utilizing your resources, tapping back into your village, identifying your village, setting boundaries, That are based on how you're feeling and realizing what's triggering that, right? And then addressing that. Those are all things that students can do to address some of those
0: challenges. Yeah. And I like the fact that you're talking about consider therapy right away as well. Because, yeah, you know, kids might be coming in from different home life experiences. You know, maybe somebody broke up, there's a divorce, you know, the pandemic is setting off a whole lot of things in these households. So, You know, they could be bringing that frustration in and I'm glad that you're just putting it out there. Like, you know, therapy can just be as simple as, you know, help me navigate through this particular instance, such as time management. You know, you don't have to get too deep. You know what I mean? So I love that you're saying that. Very cool. Very cool. So now I love to always leave my listeners with like with words of encouragement as they prepare to head on back to school. I hate to, like, bring it all up. We're still in July. It's like, don't talk about going back just yet, but (laughs) it's time. We are here. August is approaching. So just words of encouragement to get us motivated as we head on back. Sure.
1: College was some of the best years of my life. (laughs) It
0: was a long time
1: ago. Mm -hmm. Years and years and years ago. And when I was in the midst of it, it felt like it was a lot. It felt like it was a lot, a lot to balance, a lot to manage, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of pressure. But I also made sure that I did things that allowed me to tap into what I was passionate about, that I had some amazing friendships, that I took time to laugh and attend events on campus. So my word of encouragement would be to enjoy this time. To operate in excellence as much as you can, right, especially with your academics and even in your organizations, but to enjoy this time, to find ways to have a great time, to really have a time in college where you can go back and talk about it. and say I'm so happy for the relationships I formed with my friends, for the things that I got involved in, for what I learned about myself through the projects that I
0: participated in. I think that would be my main word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, as a career coach, my goodness, how can they reach you? Because they might want to get some advice from you. Where can they find you online? Sure.
1: So you can go to facebook.com slash Daphne Balson Coaching. My Instagram is my name, Daphne Balson. My Twitter is that as well. And if you want to email me directly, you can email me at Daphne at DaphneValsen.com. That's D-A-P-H-N-E at D-A-P-H-N-E, V as in victory, A-L as in love, C-I-N as in Nancy, um, dot com, Daphne at DaphneValsen.com.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate you so much, Miss Daphne. Thank you for being with us. This was good. This was very confirming about, you know, just walking in there and really, establishing those relationships and not being afraid to do that. I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you too. All right, you take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank you. You Bye. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. As you prepare to return this semester, I hope you discover the village of your dreams. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our upcoming virtual events, visit our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time, be well. Back to me. i